Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is November 20th, 2023. It is Monday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Dana DePonte. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is Personal transformation can and does have global effects. As we go, so goes the world, for the world is us. Marianne Williamson. So what are we drinking today? Well, we are drinking Dark Society, which is a Mayan hot chocolate. I'm actually here with our Patreon family tonight. It's for our live show. And uh, I usually record during the day. This is the one time I record at night, and it always feels a little special. So having hot chocolate just feels right. So, Dark Society from Sipaspell. Oh, by the way, Sipaspell.com, until supplies last through December 1st, um, everything is 30% off. Check it out. Black Friday sale, a dollar for every tea is donated to RIP Medical Debt. Uh, so, check it out. So, Dark Society, a dark moment, is a drinking chocolate made from powdered cacao nibs. The Aztecs believe drinking chocolate was a spiritual experience, and we couldn't agree more. Said to bring you messages from the dead, it is the perfect pre-spell ritual drink, topped off with cinnamon, ginger, and cayenne pepper. This blissful drink has a touch of wickedness. So, I think it's perfect for pre-seance or pre-ritual. It's great for the dark half of the year because of the chilliness. And it has a very low level of caffeine, but it's still hot chocolate. So there's still some caffeine, but just pretty low level. Uh, So yeah, let's get into some headlines. So this is a fun one, uh, especially as we're entering into a holiday week. I know like nobody is super focused right now. No one's like, yeah, Tanya, hit us with like the hard hitting anthropological news. Uh, So we, we do something fun. So we are doing 11 bone-chilling experiences from people who survived living in a haunted house. And this is from BuzzFeed. (laughs) So I'm just going to read like two or three, and then maybe I'll save some for the rest of the week so that it's just a really chill, chill week. Uh, One person wrote, My husband and I used to live in a hundred-year-old hand-built craftsman home. Anytime we would change something, paint, paint pictures, etc., we would hear footsteps, doors slamming, and glass breaking. We would find our things moved around. Neither one of us felt alone in the house ever. However, it never felt scary or dangerous until we started having marital problems. Long story short, after an incident, I asked my husband to leave, and he went to stay with his parents for a few days. It was really looking like we were heading for divorce. One day, he came to the house to get some things. We were standing in the kitchen talking before he was going to leave, and the lights flickered, and 
door slammed. We heard heavy footsteps running up and down the basement stairs, followed by a bunch of crashing noises. It was the first time I felt true terror being in that house. We both checked the basement and there is no one there, but we could hear the noises and continuing upstairs. I burst into tears and told him I did not feel safe staying in the home alone. He said he would stay over and sleep in the guest room. As soon as he said that, the noises stopped. We ended up going to counseling and working things out. Eight years later, we're still married, have two kids, and are happier than ever. That darn ghost saved my marriage. Wow. Okay. I spent my childhood in South Louisiana in a home just off the Bayou Teche with a ghost. My 83-year-old mother lived this day. We often saw a translucent young man walking slowly across the front window and through the yard. Lamps and radios turned themselves on and off all hours of the night. The worst growing up was the heavy boot steps that were up and down long back hallways of the house leading to the addition that held my bedroom. My parents were far too poor to consider moving five kids to another house, so their solution was to always be really frank and calm about what was happening and that it couldn't hurt us. One terrifying memory I have is one night when I was eight years old, I laid awake for hours most nights listening to the ghost steps that would approach my door and then pace back to the hall. This night, for whatever reason, I got really frustrated and yelled, just go away now. The steps stopped at my door. The door opened slightly and the pillow under my head was yanked furiously and thrown completely across the room. I still remember feeling the fabric being pulled against my cheek. Crying and screaming ensued, and my parents ran in to calm me. Not much sleep was had that night. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. At that point, no thank you. No thank you. Not for me. Not for me. Not, not for me. Like, I t I pride myself on getting along with the ghosts in this house pretty well. Um, I couldn't handle all of that. All right, so I am throwing this over to our moon correspondent, and after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Monday, November 20th. The first quarter moon leaves the calculations of Aquarius and enters the peace-loving realm of Pisces today. Here, the moon moves into a T-square to the sun, Mars, and Uranus. Mars and Uranus have been opposing each other for a while now, causing all kinds of unexpected blow-ups and blow-outs. This aspect is particularly disruptive, as Mars and Scorpio works behind the scenes to try to gain the upper hand, and Uranus continually tries to disrupt Mars's plans. For the most part, Mars has the advantage, being in his home sign of Scorpio. He's always two steps ahead here, and has an especially pronounced agility. However, we can't prepare for every eventuality, and with Uranus determined to throw Mars off his game, we are in a real battle for dominance. Keep your concentration tight today. There will be many distractions designed to pull your focus, but if you don't give those distractions any air, you are much more likely to stay on your chosen path. Your daily moon mantra is, your attention has value, don't give it away. This has been your Daily Moon Mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago Astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. Are you a highly sensitive witch who has weathered the storms of difficult childhoods or past traumas? 
The free weekly prompts to art journal with the moon by Dana DuPont, a professional intuitive and art witch with a highly sensitive spirit, might be the calming, healing journey your nervous system needs. Art journaling with the moon allows you to align with seasonal rhythms and lunar cycles in a colorful and creative way. Every Monday, Dana will drop into your inbox with a visually spellbinding summary of the moon's coming and goings, her intuitive insights on the emotional healing work the moon is inviting you to do that week, and daily journal prompts to guide your creative healing journey. Don't worry, no Van Gogh or Picasso skills needed. Scribbles, doodles, stick figures, they all hold magic. Let the moon guide you. Let art heal you. Start your magical journey with Dana at danadepont.com. That's D-A-N-A-D-A-P-O-N-T-E.com. All right. So we have a question from listener April. April said, I know you already share some experience and such of New Orleans, but what about a little more of your local fun? I just saw something pop up about the Vampire Cafe or other witchy travel destinations. I've heard of a lot of people visiting Savannah, yet I have no idea why it's considered a witchy hotspot. Places aside from the typical Salem. So, yeah, New Orleans. Let me kind of tell you what the witchy vibe is here. I've I've lived here for almost six years. Um, There's a lot to do. There's shops. So there's House of Hoodoo. There's Hex, Omen. Uh, there is Crescent City Conjure. Those are the shops. There's the Voodoo Museum, which you can check out, which is really a great way to give back to the community. There are restaurants like the Vampire Cafe, as well as the Apothecary. The Apothecary is a sister restaurant to the Vampire Cafe, and it is more kind of witch herbal themed. Uh, They both do really great events. I actually just got an email from them about like a New Year celebration where you can do a five horse meal and champagne and wine and all these lovely things. I really love the events that they hold. Um, In terms of restaurants, I think those are the only two that are themed like that. Then there's Muriel's, which has a haunted uh, seance room. And the apothecary has an attic that is modeled after the attic of the Ursuline convent which is stems from the legend of the casket girls uh, which is a vampire legend story which is really neat then for stores we also have uh, boutique de vampire which is one of the only vampire boutiques in the country i believe and then maven who is a fang smith he does fangs there he did my fangs um which was really cool and what else? I feel like I'm missing some key things. We have the Anne Rice Ball, which I was so excited to uh, be a part of this year. And yeah, there's just some neat things to do. You can definitely pack. If I had to be like super honest, if you wanted to like hit all the good stuff, three days here is a pretty good amount of time to hit some key points. There's also Pops Fountain and the Tree of Life. Uh, Mary Oneida Toops was the uh a witch in the 1970s she is the one who kind of made Pips fountain a spiritual destination and then there is obviously marie laveau and marie laveau you can visit her tomb in saint louis cemetery one uh, and she has obviously a big part of the lore here i love talking about marie laveau i think she's just so neat fun fact is one of her direct descendants 
Uh, Desiree Glapion was one of the first um, black women, I think, press secretaries or secretary of state within the White House, which is really neat. And I think a testament to Marie Laveau's uh, magic. And yeah, so New Orleans is really great. There's a lot of really great things to do. But I also want to acknowledge that like living in 2023, there's so many really cool places you can explore virtually. I remember two years ago, there was a thing where you could watch the sun set, the sun come up uh, during the solstice over Stonehenge. And there are 13 ways to explore uh, the Natural History Museum from home, which includes a lot of exhibits. Uh, you can do, there's 15 creepy virtual haunted house tours that you can do online from uh, teambuilding.com including the Winchester Mystery House, I'm pretty sure. So there's all these really fun, cool, witchy things you can do without leaving your house. And especially as I know, as we're going into kind of an economically unsure time, you know, travel just isn't really a viable thing for a lot of people, but we all still want to do these really cool, great things, you know? So you can find uh, haunted house tours online that you can do virtually and all these other really cool things. What I think I'll do is I'll try my best, see if I can record some really cool places and tours and stuff and post it on the Patreon and uh, so that I can give you guys little virtual tours. That would be really cool. But speaking of New Orleans, you know, New Orleans has its own form of voodoo and I feel like a lot of people really don't know about it. So I thought maybe this would be a good opportunity to talk about it. And this comes to us from FrenchQuarter.com, which uh, I do believe is like officially affiliated with the city. So this would be accurate information. So every year now, the voodoo experience with its, with its taglines, join the ritual and worship the music, pegs its calendar to Halloween. This has become a tradition in New Orleans. Much like All Saints Day, when families head to the graveyards, to the French Quarter, and beyond to whitewash and sweep the tombs clean and decorate with fresh flowers. Uh, Jerry uh, Gandolfo, a native New Orleanian whose family runs the Voodoo Museum in the French Quarter since the 1970s, has seen oodles of products and places that take the name Voodoo. Sometimes the term is used derogatorily in terms like Voodoo economics and Voodoo science. But at a festival held outdoors under live oaks, the drums and musics could summon the spirits and echo the past, living up to its name, Voodoo. If done right, the music should take possession of you. You won't be able to stand still. And if that happens, you are doing Voodoo, he said. There is continuity. Voodoo came to New Orleans in the early 1700s through uh, enslaved people brought from Africa's western slave coast. Like so many things, New Orleans, voodoo was then infused with the city's dominant religion, Catholicism, and became a voodoo-Catholicism hybrid, sometimes referred to as New Orleans voodoo. So New Orleans voodoo is its own thing. It is different than Haitian voodoo. It is different. It's all different than hoodoo. Hoodoo and voodoo are very different. Um, so New Orleans voodoo is its own type of uh spirituality. In New Orleans, for instance, Legba, the voodoo deity who controls the gates to the spirit world, becomes Saint Peter who holds the keys to the gates of heaven. 
The hybrid was evident in Marie Laveau, a devout Catholic who attended Mass at St. Louis Cathedral and was close friends with the cathedral's priest, Pierre Anton. Pierre Anton was beloved in the city, and there's actually the alley next to the church is named after him. And it is believed he actually baptized Marie Laveau, and then when she would um, grow older and become a prominent figure, they worked together to uh, really serve the underprivileged people of New Orleans. So today... Voodoo lives on in New Orleans through people who see it as a part of their culture, through error-prone rumor, through long, the long shadow of Laveau and the city's best-known uh, voodoo queen. In front of Laveau's brick-and-mortar tomb in St. Louis One uh, Cemetery, on the outskirts of the French Quarter, fans lay out stacks of Nicholas paper flowers and other offerings. Visiting cemeteries such as this one is the most popular uh, thing to do in New Orleans. So when Laveau was alive and living on St. Anne Street, people used to knock on her door at all hours looking for legal help, food, advice about a straying husband. Her death in 1881 didn't stop that. In voodoo, an ancestor is as much alive as a living person. You just go to her new home now. Laveau, who was known as the Widow Paris after the death of her first, her first husband, Jacques Paris, was a striking spiritual figure, a do-gooder, and a free woman of color. She adopted orphans, fed the hungry, visited prisoners, and nursed countless patients back to health during the yellow fever ep uh, epidemic. Oh, the um, yellow fever really took a hold of New Orleans uh, in a very strong way. Uh, yellow fever paired with the fire, the Great Fire of New Orleans, paired with the uh, Civil War, I believe. Um, people like were dropping. So the number of orphanages, <laughs> the number of like places that were once orphanages is quite a few for such a small area. Uh, she was a skilled naturopath treating patients with massage, tea, herbs, salves, and tinctures, which likely was more successful with yellow fever patients than bloodletting, which was a popular technique of the day. Some of the books cite First-hand accounts of neighbors recalling how Laveau had flowers, candles, images of saints, altars throughout her house, how the front steps were scrubbed every morning with brick dust to protect the house, and how she had a statue of St. Andrew, uh, the patron saint of finding lost items that she would turn upside down when she was working. So hoodoo is a non-religious belief, in, um, whereas voodoo is religious. So you have to kind of again think of like witchcraft, which is a folk, a folk uh, spirituality versus a religion. So like Wicca is a religion, right? Witchcraft is not a religion, and we kind of see that here. Hoodoo is not a religion. Voodoo is a religion. It is a voodoo is a closed practice, um, just like how Wicca is a closed practice. Well, I guess it depends on what type of Wicca, but um, you have to be accepted. You have to do the work. You have to be like initiated. Um, hoodoo is the non-religious uh, folk kind of, I don't want to say version, but uh, spirituality. So New, uh, New, New Orleans has had a long line of famous hoodoo practitioners and shops, and people here still talk about spells that use images of saints, chicken feet, graveyard dust, brick dust, gunpowders, pins and needles, candles, and incense. So yeah.
New Orleans. And it's not hard to find that stuff here. Easy peas. Um, I'm very lucky that one of my great friends is a practitioner. So when I am, when I need some help, uh, I just send a, like a message. I'm like, help me. <laughs> you know? But I hope that was fun. For those of you who are curious about New Orleans, but like who don't really get the opportunity to visit or you don't think you will have an opportunity to visit soon, I hope that gave you a little taste of New Orleans. And oh my gosh, people are already counting down to Mardi Gras. <laughs> I think a few weeks ago, someone was like, it's 100 days. And then I saw it's 80 days. And I just saw today it's 50 days. 50 days till Mardi Gras. Oh my God. Oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Actually, I'm ready. I have all my stuff ready, but I'm not ready. Um, I'm, so I was talking to my friend who lives in England, and they love Christmas over there. Uh, they don't really care about Halloween. Love Christmas. And I, it was so funny. I was telling her, I'm like, here, it's like the opposite. There's Halloween, and then everyone just acts like Thanksgiving and Christmas is just in the way to Mardi Gras. Like, there really isn't much to, I'm sure there's some stuff to do, but it's not like, you know, England or anything. All right, witches, we are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to Arlene Fried. Arlene, you beautiful, kind gazelle. River, you hospitable, opulent banshee. Yasha, you playful, spiffy dragon. Thank you three so much for being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate it. Um, we do have a card pull today. Our card is four from the Sacred Symbols Oracle. Four, which is new life. New life. The arrival of new beginnings or the budding start of something beautiful and long-lasting. Drawing this card can indicate a need or desire to start over with the sense of childlike wonder. What you are beginning will have a strong impact for the far reach. Drawing this card can indicate a positive relationship and or experience. Nice. And a little housekeeping. Um, I think I already announced this last week. Like I already said, Sipus Bell teas are 30% off in, uh, for Black Friday until December 1st. And Witchway Magazine, witchwaymag.com, you can get printed issues uh, for buy one, get one, which has never been done before, again, for Black Friday until December 1st, as well as uh, buy one, get one digital issues as well if you care for the planet. So check those things out. Not only are you getting like a really cool deep discount, but you're giving to charity and then um, once we, probably the annual Christmas show, I'll announce how much we've raised. So, yeah, check it out. All right, witches, that's all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we talked about today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again tomorrow. Bye. Witches. We hope you have a wonderful day, full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop 
for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day.